Craft Beer Radio, episode 358, on November 21st, 2015. Ding, 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 ding. Welcome to another round of Craft Beer Radio. In this episode, we have two title bouts between two Gozas and two IPAs. Okay. I thought you were saying, in this corner, we have Greg Weiss. <laughs> well, we got to drink this beer first because it is just aging by the second. <laughs> I think we can cold off because we're going to be doing two Gozas. I think it'll no, be okay. We have to drink this right away. I think I think we'll be fine. We got a beer from Sam Adams. This is the Rebel Raw Double IPA. They canned it on Thursday. They overnighted us to it in this like space age cold pack. And we're going to do a bit of an unboxing here because yeah. I haven't looked inside this pack yet. And uh, quite a uh, quite a quite a system of packaging for this beer. Uh, and but I think we kind of came up with the idea of. Uh, you pull out some gozes and said, hey, we can have these two fight against each other and then have this fight against another IPA and we'll just sort of, it'll be like a card, it'll be like a boxing card. Let's see which which wins <laughs> in each bout. All right, so you probably, did you have this beer when you were out in Seattle? I did not have this beer because this is their anniversary. So this is from Ruben's Brews, a good place in Seattle, Washington. Uh, John sent this out. Thank you, John, very much. John's the guy, one of the guys you were hanging out with mm-hmm. out there, right? And this is their uh, three years Goza Fast. So a three-year anniversary. Oh, man. Goza puns. You know, if we had a whole Goza show, been like, another one goes Goza down the drain, <laughs> oh, you know. <laughs> you know, if you're, you're going to, when a style gets popular, you're, you're going to start to see puns on its name because what else are you going to do with it after a certain time? You can't just say Goza. People are now expecting you to have something beyond behind just that. Anyway, I'm getting off track. Three years goes a fast from Ruins Brews. Uh, as I said, a very fun place. Very uh, good beers that I had there in Seattle, Washington. It is the second beer in their Sour Series, which is another goes, I think. Tart Refreshing Lemony Brew. It's very uh, unsure if you'll be able to get this unless you're in Seattle. It's available on tap and in a limited series of 300 bottles at the party. Wow. Well, thank you, John. We limited two per person, so he sent at least one of them. <laughs> at least one. <laughs> I don't know if he got two, is the point. Um, I imagine he did, but I don't know if he can go there. Yes. Oh, but they only sold 300 bottles at the party, so... Right, yeah, but they they have it on tap. Oh, right. Okay, so the um, beer pours pretty clear, golden color, light head on it, the aroma... It's not too funky. There's a there's a lemony note, kind of like a lemon peel. There's something that's just a touch yogurty in there. I'd say something just a little tangy. Well, it's lactobacillus, so I think you'd expect that coriander and fleur de sal. So you need a little bit of uh, salt of the sea in here. Okay, moved 4%. on. Moved on to the flavor, and while the aroma wasn't too tangy, it has a really nice tang in the flavor. Oh, that's good. It's making me salivate all over myself here. Mm. Oh, you know what I'm noticing is, is it doesn't have a doesn't have a really kind of limestoney kick that you might get out of some other 
uh, okay. sour things. So I'm, I'm so I'm tasting more floral stuff coming through mm-hmm. uh, that that would kind of sometimes get lost in some kind of, sometimes a chalky or hard okay. flavor. Big lemon flavor. Well. Has a bit of like a wheat malt character. Mm-hmm. Mm. There's a lot of um, a lot of interesting sour going on here. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's more than a more than one dimensional sour. I figure out more to say about it. Mm-hmm. There's so many dimensions. What are the words on the? Well, it has some sour going towards sort of the weedy end, sort of the mm-hmm. tanginess, and then it has some sour that's a little, a little citrusy. Right, mm-hmm. so you're getting those kind of different things, uh, right? That are they're pretty balanced with each other, and a little bit of uh, salt and, um, I guess coriander, but I'm not really getting a huge amount of coriander. Yeah, I'm not really picking up the coriander. The salt thing's nice. It kind of just opens up the beer, makes it nice and. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, spreads the flavor around. Yeah, it really it? does spread the flavor around. Really makes that uh, sourness nice and rich. Mm-hmm. And also, I think that the wheat is really open because of that as well. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing sort of a two angles here on sour. That, that's uh, that was, that's kind of what makes this one very interesting. Hmm. You were talking about the yogurt stuff. It doesn't really come through in the flavor. You don't get um, yeah. a oh. major amount of that. Of what you of, of a of a lactobacillus or kind of sometimes you can get sort of a milky or creamy flavor. Yeah, sometimes you can, and it doesn't really carry that mm-hmm. in the flavor. This is a three year goes of fast from Rubens Brews. In one of my favorite cities. That is a taste. Excuse me. That was a tasty beer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much, John. Hmm. All right. So the other Goza. This came from my travels. I was in Austin on Tuesday for a really quick work thing, doing a little beer talk in the evening. But instead of sleeping, I went out with uh, John from The Beerists. And we went to a couple places, had some beers. And uh, he also... Gave me a ready-made package to check my in my luggage on the way home. Uh, I didn't ta- I didn't take any suitcase or anything, but he had an extra bottle shipper available. So he uh, went to the store, packed a bunch of bottles and cans in a bottle shipper, and brought it with him. Awesome. He could have put you know all kinds of contraband and explosives in there <laughs> and got me really you know screwed up at the airport, but <laughs> destroyed the competition like that exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's cool. Doing Great. crafty radio from behind bars in federal awesome. prison. Thank you so much. Uh, so this is Prairie Flare yeah. from Prairie Artisan Ales. It is another Goza. If you uh, look on my Twitter, there's a picture of all the beers that I have brought back from Austin. This one isn't from Austin, but because we don't get uh, Prairie Artisan Ales here, it's kind of hard not to grab a couple when you can so this one they say they added citrus fruit to they don't really have much information on their website about it this is a it's it's a low information show as it turns out <laughs> even with the sam adams beer uh that their website is not a lot of information we have a piece of paper that has a lot of information that came with it 5.4 percent alcohol by volume 
distributed by their friends at Shelton Brothers. But uh, I'm guessing not here. No, Shelton Brothers hates our local wholesalers. <laughs> All right, so yeah, this one's a very different aroma. I'm still trying to figure it out, but there's something more uh, more green to it. Uh, almost um, something herbal. It's, it's so it's a guy. It's it's all right. The the label is like a TGI Friday's vest covered with various bits of flair. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the flair is all types of political statements and Oklahoma and Kanye West and God knows what. And there's a little <laughs> mustard on the on the tie of the TGI Friday's guy. Okay. Remember, this has actual citrus fruit added. So, okay. you, what you're probably smelling is. Well, I, I can't be so sure, yeah. but maybe I think, what I'm smelling is a little bit pithy or something yeah. like that. It still has something herbal in it, you know, compared to the last one. You know, especially now we're bridging these two gozes. You know, you're not noticing the sour. Part right up front. I mean, you notice the sour, but you're already used to sour, right? So mm-hmm. now you're first thing I'm really hooking on is that herbal thing. It's kind of like a sage or something like that. You getting that at all? I know what you're saying. I I see where you're getting that. Um, I think sage, maybe basil, something along that line. I think you're right. Uh, and it it kind of kind of as, as you're saying that it kind of quickly falls out. Some of the salt and mm-hmm. sourness comes in. Different, different sourness, more citrusy than than either of the ones from Rubens, mm-hmm. but um, you get more like sort of directly tangy and sort of citric acidy. Right. I had this beer on Tuesday, and uh, I'm trying to remember it. It's this one seems a little more tangy in the bottle than it did mm-hmm. on draft. I just got a bit of. Lacto flavor. Okay. At the end. Not not a it's it's not a bad thing, it's certainly not off style. Mm-hmm. Um this beer has a little but more it's a it's a comparison I can make to the other ones. So. Right. The uh the Rubens was pretty light in bodied. Yeah. And the wheat was very bright. This one has a little bit fuller body to it, right? It feels a little more what's the ABV on this one? Do we know? Five, I think point four. So yes, it's Yeah, so it's it's a, a percent and a half higher. Mm-hmm. So it's twenty percent higher. Yeah. And uh, you can tell where the this one feels a little bit more malty and heavier, yeah. where the Rubens was very light, and very uh, very brisk. So that's a couple. It's one of the things we should probably talk about. Is uh, one of our listeners tweeted to us about oh the uh, Schmaltz Schmaltz and their Session Ale, their Session Imperial <laughs> IPA, yeah, the uh, eight percent. See if I can figure out who that was. That was uh, Matt. Yeah, Matt tweeted this to us, and uh, yeah, Wishbone Session Double IPA, Session Double IPA, uh, which is at eight percent. Yes. Uh, it kind of. So I looked up the beer online just to see how like tongue in cheek the back yeah. label was. The back label wasn't tongue in cheek though. Mm-hmm. It talks about. It talks about like them making a good IPA. It doesn't. Like, it's like the session got stuck on the front and no one noticed. 
So, and, and I said to uh, to him uh, and and you that um, I guess at this point, session is a style, not a description. Uh, it's starting to describe a kind of hop juice without malt backbone style yeah, as opposed to maybe, an actual description of how much alcohol or is it's a lifestyle i wasn't going to take it that far <laughs> are you a session drinker oh, here's the heavy session beer for you <laughs> i think it's a lifestyle do you identify by whether you drink session beers or not and you're tired of drinking low alcohol things all the time <laughs> Drink our Imperial Session now. Well, when we're hitting things that are, you know, getting into five range with Session, we're clearly, um, you're clearly no. passing. How it. do you feel about this, Greg? I'm not sure we know. <laughs> Fine. You know what I feel about this. So how should I feel about this with the 8%? I, I don't know how to feel about this in particular. I was expecting the, like the back label to be full of tongue in cheek, but it wasn't. Maybe the lifestyle thing's true. Maybe it's a session beer for session beer drinkers who are sick of drinking low alcohol beer. <laughs> it would be interesting to taste it to see how much it carries through with the concept of a if I'm if I'm a right. if if I'm got if I've got it right in my head, which is a sort of hop juice flavor, very low malt, somehow giving that at eight percent. I would be I would be kind of curious to see how they do it. Uh, I don't know if I'd like it, but I would be curious to see how they do it. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I couldn't tell you. We'll have to see if we can get a bottle of our Session IPA, Session Double IPA. <laughs> uh, I also read a, a news story about... It's kind of a of a puff piece from Market Watch about Dale's, about okay. Oscar Blues, right. about how they um, they didn't go the way of... Cause, cause as soon as we did the show, uh, the next day, uh, Ballast Point, right, was um, was it outright purchase or was it a deal or um, it was a purchase? But the management team staying yeah. in place, running the thing, a billion dollars. Yeah. Everyone knows this who's listening, but it that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. But it it made the point that you know Oscar Blues apparently got you know got money without going to a corporate beer place but they got money from a private equity firm it's not right. like they did it all on their own i mean mm -hmm. they they it's just a different source of money that just happens to not be directly in the beer industry right now right we've talked about this before right where i kind of and i'm not in the business i'm on the mm -hmm. outside looking in i'm playing armchair ceo but i think i would rather take my money like founders in Ballast Point did from a brewery, a person who wants, you know, who's in the business of making beer than from private equity, who is in the business of turning companies for profit. Right. So. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that either of them, both of them have their advantages, disadvantages. My problem is not necessarily with, the idea that Oscar Blues did this, uh, but that they are crowing about it, uh, as if it's oh. better to take it to do it one way than to do it another way, I I don't think that has been established at all. So to, to crow about how we took our money in a, in a better we we took our our buyout 
from a better source. Right. I I don't see. I mean, the... I think the argument, at least the the uh, the con private equity argument, and I don't have this firsthand. Right, I'm not is I'm not involved. I don't know all the details. But you know, in that seven year time frame, when they are looking to divest of Oscar Blues, they're going to sell to the highest bidder, and the highest bidder is going to be a big beer company. That's potentially yeah. So. We don't know. It'll be interesting to see how this all works out. So our next beer also comes from Texas. Yep, this is another beer from John Rubio and the Beerists. Thank you, Beerists. Thank you, John. Marco IPA from Zilker Brewing Company. 7% American IPA features El Dorado and Simcoe hops. Comes in a very colorful can. It's kind of a... It's one of the shrink wrap wrap label cans, so... I guess it's probably pretty easy to have the dozen different colors that they have on here. It's kind of like a woven poncho design. Yeah, and uh, that's a good that's a good call, good pull. Uh, they they have a scale uh, for all their beers. This is about halfway on maltiness. It's about three quarters of the way on hoppiness, and about three fifths of the way on bitterness. Okay. The beer pours. Uh, an amber, kind of a bronzish color, darker than your average IPA. Didn't pour with much of a head, kind of fell down fast. They actually have a type name for this color. They call it burnt orange. Is it? That, uh, so like a burnt sienna? <laughs> eh, yeah, I, I can see it. Very citrus on the aroma. Yeah, lots of lots of hop burst. It, 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 yeah, it's hop burst and it smells really good. You're getting... Uh, Oranges is kind of like mandarin oranges. It's kind of like the bright citrus burst. There's something that's a little... I, this is, I think a little bit of Simcoe is coming through, too. There's something that's a little dank there, but it's mostly citrusy. There it is. It's on the back of the can, oh, too. The very nice. same thing. Mm-hmm. has a nice malt backbone to it. You know, mm-hmm. Like I said, this is more malty than your... Average IPA, Ooh. but it doesn't really slack on the hops at all. The hop flavor is there. You kind of get the citrus up front, you get a fair amount of bitterness, and then kind of get a late aftertaste of something that's a little more flowery. A lot of a lot of sort of candy uh, flavors are coming in here. A lot of um, carnival type okay. candy flavors. A little cotton candy, a little bit uh, things along those nature. You know, pretty sweet. Yeah, a little yeah. bit of a fruitiness. What funnel cake? You know, the cake and uh, powdered sugar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which, the cake is a very sweet cake, a yeah. lot of sugar. So that's going on here, too. There's a, a lot of sweetness in here um, with, a, with a little bit of fruitiness. It's pretty good. I like how bright the hop aroma is. What's this? What was that? What was that? Oh, I know what that is. It's a fluttering little thing. It's, it, it's an ad. <laughs> Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. For all Can you catch it? Can you catch it? Your holiday shopping needs. There it is. Get it. No, I missed no, it. No, that, no, you went to the wrong website. You need to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Okay, if I get that, if I do that, will I be able to ca- catch it? No, oh, no, no. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. Okay, what does that do for me? Well, when you go there, it redirects you to Amazon, but it ties in your Craft Whoa. Beer Radio referral. And it doesn't right? cost you a penny more to do your shopping. 
and we get a cut of what you spend instead of it going to Amazon. You get a cut, huh? We get a cut. Help support the show. Helps bring delicious beers you to, to your anymore? ears. Doesn't cost you a penny more. We Why am I do- not doing this for everything? Um, because we haven't uh, conditioned you enough to, to do craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon when you think about Amazon shopping. Okay, I almost got it. Anything else? No, I think that's about it. You know, lots of holiday shopping coming up. Please use the link because it really helps us out. Did you get it? Yeah. I don't hear it anymore, do you? No. Okay. The Zilker Marco IPA. American IPA. I like the combination in this beer. I like how bright the hops are. I like that it has a big mole character playing with it, you know? It's a little... I mean, the sweet is starting to, to bear down a little bit on me. It, it feels... I, I like a multi-IPA too, mm-hmm. but it, it does... It's starting to feel a little oversweet. Hmm. Okay. I'm not getting there. I mean, and I don't think... You know, if you were asking me, like, it... How does it compare to, you know, some of my favorite hoppy IPAs right mm-hmm. now? I don't know. But, you know, you don't get this enough. And I'm really enjoying the change up here. Drinking this beer to, right now. I'm trying to get the, the, the fruit stuff. And it's like you said, it's, it's, it's still sort of orange. Maybe a little tangerine. Um, mm-hmm. A little bit of uh, of piney, I guess. I'm not getting, they say tropical. I'm not getting a lot of tropical. Mm. Yep, that was pretty good. It just it, it's a little a little sweet for me. Okay. All right, so now we get to unbox. Actually, let me line up the cans and take the I was gonna say, show we, picture. I just I just thought of that. Like, wait, we need to we need to take a picture. We need to kind of have this so, in in the. I'll pause while we can take okay. the show picture. All right, we're back, and this is the Sam Adams Raw. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, they for their media, they did this thing where they bottled it and sent it out right away. So it's in this silver bag that is almost uh, 12 by 15. It's kind of <laughs> Listen to that. This bag is, is puffed up. It feels cold, so there's obviously some things inside it to, to keep things cold. Okay, so it has a sticky flap, and then a, and then there's a Ziploc, and there is plastic foam. It's, well, it was been in the fridge, but so there's one can of raw, a couple uh, Uline ice packs, second can of raw. All right, so as I was saying to Jeff, we're probably going to take one of these. It says, keep cold, drink now. Uh, and we're going to age it for ten years. <laughs> for ten years, <laughs> or not? But anyway, it'd be funny if we did. Ten percent alcohol by volume on this guy. This is in a pounder can. So they don't say drink from the can, but it does kind of the the style of the can reminds me a bit of the Alchemist. Yeah, it, it re well. It, it says on the can, hazy from hoppiness. It kind of does seem like they're shooting for heady. Yeah. With this can. Uh, so let's see some some notes we have in the beer. Six pounds of it's. A, they have a thirty-five day shelf life on this. So, so this also kind of going for enjoy by enjoy by from yeah. Uh, 
Brewed six pounds of hops per barrel, dry hop with Cascade and Centennial hops. Uh, in the kettle, Polaris, Galaxy, Amarillo, and Zeus. Dry hopping, Centennial and Cascade. It's uh, only available in four packs, in 16-ounce cans, in just Boston, New York City, D.C., Philly, and Chicago. So you're not exactly going with a huge, like, you know, every every place in the world is going to get this. Right. They're... Uh, they're at, at the very least right now sticking to their guns in terms of this is limited and it won't go far. Right. So it pours a, a hazy and uh, it's kind of a boy. What is it? It's, it's a a hazy woody kind of yellowish yeah. color. orange brown something in there. Yeah. The aroma is hops. Yeah, there's a lot of hops. I mean, <laughs> you can kind of sm- it almost smells a lot of different hops. I was gonna say, There's a lot of different hops, but yeah. you can kind of smell the lupulin, right? It's like when you get the hops growing in the backyard and you rip one in half, and you smell that fresh lupulin. I mean, that smell is in this glass. Yeah, there, there's. It doesn't really have kind of so. There's times where we have super duper duper hoppy beers where it smells like hop pellets, right? You know, but this doesn't really smell like hop pellets. It smells more like the lupulin glands on my fresh hops in the backyard. It, yeah, it has a lot of that coming out of it. And those are Cascade hops that you have, right? So. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm not really indicating that it smells like that, but I mean, it just smells like ripping a fresh hop in half. And I'm getting kind of used to that smell, and uh, now I'm smelling a little bit of the maltiness. Okay, there, there's. They're not kidding about it being very hoppy, uh, very, very upfront and and uh, and bold with a with a burst of lupulin right there. Yeah, it feels feels gritty in your mouth. It mm-hmm. Feels like you have that hop resin just kind of floating in the beer. It's it's a lot. It's a lot to take. It 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 doesn't it doesn't sneak up on you in any way. Uh, yeah. But it is, um, it is I'm trying strong to fig- and, and really out front. I'm trying to figure out if it's a harmony of hops or a cacophony of hops. And you know, the first couple of sips, it's it's kind of a bunch of shouting. I'm not really getting a story of what the hops taste like. So we're drinking this at about, like, you know, it came out of the thing. It had the ice packs. They weren't frozen anymore, but it was still cold. So, uh, took a scan 55 on the infrared, so it's probably around 50 degrees. Should be a little bit warmer than they necessarily want, but I think um, I think it's pretty good for us. Yeah, even though the liquid in my mouth feels a little on the cold side, mm-hmm. you know, it shows how used to we're, we are to drinking stuff warm. Yeah, I'm gonna work on trying to like get these hops to stop shouting and start singing, and see if I can figure out like what profile like is coming out of the hops. Yeah, we talked about this on, on a little bit on the pre-show how a choir sounds. Uh, Sort of harmonious and, and in sync, and, and you can get you get a feeling from it. Whereas a cacophony, it's harder to to sink in. Mm-hmm. So if if you have things that are singing all all on chord, all in the same tone, uh, it comes through a little bit. This is it's a little confused right now. Yeah, as I drink it, I'm starting to get a little towards um, kind of uh, a, a mix of. Um, Orange, peel, pine, resin, 
that's kind of where it's landing right there. So it doesn't really have like when I saw Galaxy in here, I was like, ooh, mm-hmm. it's like maybe this would have really bright tropical flavors or something. But it's pretty, it's landing in a pretty traditional place when you like kind of average out the shouting. If you ask me, it it's it very much is like, um, hey Topper, I think I, I think it's I think it's really aiming in that area and i think it's 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 i never had a hey topper super fresh yeah like, i mean is, who knows the headies the, the yeah. that we have had uh, how fresh they were this is clearly i mean they made a deal about it maybe fresh mm-hmm. this definitely um tastes like it's in that same uh, ballpark i'm not sure if, if that's a style that I, that i love i hear you yeah so i mean like i was saying i think like the the fla- the hop flavor profile that I'm landing on the one that after all the fighting's over where I come back home to is a more traditional one it's the mm-hmm. orange piney it it tastes kind of like a cascade um, chinook centennial type blend you mm-hmm. know that's kind of where I'm landing on it yeah there's a resiny uh, backbone too yeah. there's definitely a little piney no- mm-hmm. piney notes sure there's probably a lot of emerald in here. Um, Zeus, I think, take you in that mm-hmm. direction. Not sure about Polaris too much. I know I love Galaxy, but I'm not getting a huge amount of Galaxy. Centennial gives you grapefruit. Can also go woody. Uh, Cascade right. uh, gives you sort of orangey. Can go grapefruit. Can go floral. Mm-hmm. It's uh... overall. It's definitely. Be... I mean, it feels like. I mean, if if what you our desiring is this huge, big hoppiness, overwhelming amount of of hops drenched in, in beer. Then I think you'd appreciate this, but that's not really my yeah, ideal uh, IPA. It seems like the beer hasn't really found itself. It seems like there's not a good direction, like a, not a clear, not a clear direction. The the thing that I would say though is keep in mind. We aren't the hugest fans of Hetty Topper in the world. Well, yeah, we've ranked it pretty low yeah. when we've had it. I mean, it, if you're looking for people, who, you know, if if you want to know if this compares to Hetty Topper, I don't know. When I drink I, this, I don't think Hetty Topper. I mean, this one has, this one's much more saturated in the hop mm-hmm. flavors than Hetty Topper. But maybe the cans we've had haven't been super fresh. Right. Uh, I would be curious now to actually see what this tastes like in 30 days. Well, Just maybe. to see sort of... You know how much does this actually lose if you drink it outside of its of its variants? What's the mm-hmm. what's the difference? Yeah, we, well, we have the technology. Yeah, we certainly do. We probably won't do that on the show. Probably do it on a po- on a pro oh, sure. show. Yeah. But um, it would be interesting to, to to try that out to see what the difference is. Um, yeah, I I think that you're definitely getting. It's interesting, you know, yeah. so this beer, oh, so we didn't mention the can itself. It's mostly silver can. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's a lot of black on the can. The Hetty Topper is a silver and black can. Mm-hmm. This has green on it, but it definitely seems, we, that's why we've been mentioning how they seem to be targeting Hetty, the, the form factor, the can artwork. But we also got a beer from Sam Adams a couple of weeks ago, which is Grapefruit Rebel. And, you know, Grapefruit Sculpin, Sculpin yeah. is is crazy hot right now. So it seems like they're kind of reaching out to kind of play in different. Now the the grapefruit uh, rebel that we got 
had a um, evaluation label. It didn't have a TTB approved label. So I'm not. We would have to check to see. I believe they. Are. I believe it's a. It, it's now a. Okay. Offering. So yeah, okay. I because I, I was looking because they don't have Rebel Raw on their site yet. Um, mm-hmm. there is. Uh, I, I managed to find a, a beer advocate. Okay. Link for it, but yeah, this is not on their site yet. Yeah. So um, we'll try to get the grapefruit one on. See how that uh, compares to good old grapefruit sculpin. Mm-hmm. But it's it's interesting that uh, Sam Adams is kind of mimicking very popular styles. And well, stuff. I mean, that they're going for the Lawson's, right? They're going for the Heady Topper. They're going for the Stone and Joy, but they're going for that mm-hmm. that style. Uh, I I think Enjoy By is, is uh, hits me better. No, the, certainly. The Enjoy By that I've... Enjoy By isn't turning it up to 11 yeah. with, with gritty, resinous hop flavor. Enjoy By is... Hop bursting, yeah. but not thermonuclear hops. You know, right? And the you know the here they're going for a thermonuclear. Yeah, they, they, they don't care if they destroy it. You know, uh, nu- <laughs> nuke it from orbit is the only way to be sure. That's kind of the that's the philosophy behind this beer. Would you like to play a game? Yes, play chess. No, how about thermonuclear tactical warfare? Mm, global thermonuclear war. That's, that's what you're looking for. I've watched War Games too many times. <laughs> I haven't seen it in a while. I really should watch it. It's a good movie. I yeah. mean, it's got its cheesy moments. It's an 80s movie, mm-hmm. though, after all. Right. But uh, it has good performances in it, and it's uh, it's it's not cheap. Mm-hmm. It, takes its, it takes what it's doing seriously. All right. One more beer to go. We're going to continue on our string of working down to Christmas with our... Uh, the brewery Christmas beers. What do we got? This one. Today? So we did two turtle doves, three French hens. This one is for calling four birds. Calling birds. Uh, this, as always, from Super Listener Gary. Yes. Dark ale brewed with spices. The fourth verse of our 12 beers of Christmas saga incorporates gingerbread like spice into a rich and robust dark ale. Happy holidays. Spiced Strong Dark Ale. Eleven percent alcohol by volume. Twenty eleven release. Oh, that's interesting. A little bit a departure from the the other two beers that we've had here. Big spice aroma. You get that kind of ginger. Um, probably something else I'm trying to narrow, narrow down, but there's kind of a molassesy smokiness in the aroma as well. What are they doing? Okay, so this is a 2011 release. Okay, yes. Five Golden Hens. Five Golden Rings is, is, their, 24, is their 2012 release. Mm-hmm. Six Geese of Land mm-hmm. is 2013. Do we have 2014? We have seven, yeah. We have two through seven. It's not on their website. Well, slacker whipmaster. Seriously? What is up with that? Seven Maids Milking, right? It's not on their website. No. I know the song. So. Okay, that's different. <laughs> I told you. <ya. laughs> Ginger molasses. Soy. Soy. 
Lots of umami, I guess. Allspice berries. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a berry nut. Color is a dark, uh, it's very old. dark brown, extraordinarily yeah. dark brown. Porter like. The spicing kind of dominates the aroma. You can't really smell any kind of like Belgian or, or any kind of like barley type characters on it, really. It smells good though. Mm hmm. Actually, the flavor doesn't seem as potent and as saturated as the aroma does. I'm going to take another sip here. Hmm. It has a... Yeah, so I guess it's kind of a... has a molasses flavor to it. It's uh, a ginger... touch of ginger. Not nearly as strong as I had thought from the aroma. Hmm. It's a tough one to, to figure out. It feels like a beer that has its moments. Um, it's uh, it kind of yeah, it kind of has like a gingerbread cookie. How in the world is that eleven percent ABV? What do you mean? It just doesn't come across. It hides the booze. It feels like something that's like six. It feels heavier than that to me. No, okay. I'm not, I'm missing it. It feels light to me. It feels six seven. There's definitely it doesn't a, taste boozy at all. A real dessert quality here. Uh, I think you're looking at you know a deep sugary dessert, but there's bitterness components in here that I almost weirdly feel feel we're lacking in the Zilker. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's, um, so uh, there's a couple times I've made sugar plums for Christmas. Yeah. Dates, uh, prunes, a bunch of spices, cardamom, and, uh, I'm trying to remember what else is in there. But this kind of, as I'm getting into the flavor, a couple more sips, it's reminding me a lot of sugar plums, of, of the kind of date-based sweets. It's... If nothing else, it does really, it does really scream holiday to me. It does scream Christmas beer, right? I mean, it, it it's, it's that kind of flavor. I, I like how this. I mean, it is an old beer. Yeah, you know, it has a lot of age on it. I like how the spicing is kind of subdued. Mm -hmm. How it's not bracing and blasting my face off, because when you think Christmas beer, fresh, you generally think fresh Christmas beer where the spicing is like <laughs> blasting it out. And I like the how there's enough spice in here, but it doesn't really come across as like a spiced beer, like like freshly spiced. Okay, like, sure, yeah, I, I see, I see what you're saying. I it, it, it's interesting because I feel like this beer, if we had it in May, it would feel like what? It <laughs> yeah, well, well, yeah, but that's just the way it is. Yeah, exa yeah exactly. I, I I think it it speaks to its intended usage very well mm -hmm. uh you know it's it's geared towards being a holiday style beer it's beard it, it's geared towards being a christmas beer and it really does hit those notes extraordinarily well um that means that it 
it needs to be considered in that light and it needs to be a great beer to have during a christmas meal yeah yeah like this with ham i think would go really well Ooh, ooh, that does sound and i've never compared a beer to ham before but i think this would go great with ham. this would i mean it doesn't have clovey notes but it would just it would perfectly work with those clovey notes right it uh you know it has the sweetness you might get from a brown sugar but those clove notes would just it like fit in like a puzzle piece to these mm-hmm. other spices? Oh, yeah, yeah, and it, it has a fair dryness to mm-hmm. it. Uh, I've I've never paired a beer with ham before. I'm not a huge fan of roast ham, but yeah, uh, me neither. I mean, I'm, but I'm, I think this not would work. The, with it. Not, I've had, I obviously yeah. haven't had a lot of it in, in my time. Um, right, I didn't grow up on it. Let me put it that way. I've had, I have I've had more of it. I'm not like I'm not. I don't actually have an aversion to ham. It's just right. not used to it. Yeah, uh, but. Um, you know, when I have roast ham, it's it's is not the best thing in the world. No, uh, but neither is turkey or or, or you know, any of these other things. But they're traditional, and so they. Well, so that's it. it. You know, for for you, you don't have the tradition per yeah. se. For me, I don't like ham, but it has some comfort mm-hmm. food type aspect to it, right? For me, a little bit. It it, it makes me think of the holidays, things like yeah. that. So. So I guess it's time to get on to some ranking, unless you want to explore this beer some more. I think we've 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 pretty much given it our <laughs> our say. Uh, yeah, it's time for ranking. Okay, so pretty uh, interesting ranking. So we got two title cards here, right? Ding, ding, we got, ding, ding. Yeah. yeah, we got the. Are we gonna? So. We're going to do the head-to-heads and then rank them all out? Or how do you want to yeah, do this? Yeah, I, I think since we, if we want to go with since the... Since you contrived the theme. Yeah, if we, yeah, if we're going with the contrived theme, then we should you know discuss the head-to-heads. And all, and, but but we should still do the thing we normally do. But I think the regular ranking would kind of indicate the head-to-heads anyway, right? Absolutely. <laughs> I really like the Reuben Bruce. I think that was a more interesting, and uh, I liked how it was bright and thin body. Yes. Uh, for Goza, that one really impressed me. And I'm surprised, because I had the Prairie Flare on Tuesday, and I thought it was delicious. It just, I think it goes to show how good the Reuben's Bruce is. Yeah, the Reuben's Bruce was fantastic. And then for the the two IPAs, I think the Zickel, the Zilker, the Marco IPA, I just, Greg was mentioning how it's too sweet. And I'm really curious to see how Greg ranks, weighs these out. But for me, I really like that big multi-IPA with oh. lots of orange flavor. I thought that was a nice change-up for IPA. I like seeing these beers, and I don't see enough of this style okay. of IPA. Too sweet or too confused mm-hmm. is, is, is the question that's being posed to me. I'm going to go with too confused. I like too confused more. Uh, I I think that uh, too sweet was a little bit um, overwhelming, in 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 a way that I uh, that I didn't like, that 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 felt to me uh, too cloying. Uh, that four calling birds could could have been in that range if it didn't have the spices with it, right? I mean, if it didn't have mm-hmm. something to to pare it down, I feel like it it you know the sweetness that's there. With eleven percent, you sort of expect that the sweetness is there. Could it could be overwhelming if it didn't have something to, to pour it down. I felt like even a you know even though I I did appreciate the flavors I was getting, I I kind of like I I just I don't know whether this was Rebel Raw winning more than Zoker losing. Okay. So then for the overall rankings for me, I'm going to put the four calling birds in last place. 
Uh, not a bad beer. Actually, better than the tr- two turtle doves. Yeah. Uh, I just can't remember th- what exactly what three French hens tasted like. But I know I liked it better than two turtle doves. I thought this was a decent beer. I think it would pair great with food. I think that because we had it without food, you know, it, it kind of pushes it down. But, you know, that's the show that we do. Um, slightly in front of that, I'm going to put the Rebel Raw. I liked it. I thought it was interesting. It's it's really a nice experience to taste this thermonuclear hopping type mm-hmm. thing. You know, this gritty, resiny stuff just phasing up and floating in the beer. You know, it's nice to get that. What I really wanted from the Rebel Raw is I wanted some harmonizing. I wanted the beer to feel like it had a direction. And it was a bunch of shouting and it was a concophony and it didn't have that direction. And that's why it's down there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put the Prairie Flare in third place. I, I like this beer quite a bit. I liked it better on draft on Tuesday, I think. But um, still very good. Uh I'm going to put the Zilker in second place and then the Ruben in first place. This uh, this Goza just, I really think they really did something nice with that style because the wheat malt was apparent. And like Greg mentioned, how there was like two different kinds of sourness coming together in the beer. You could feel the two different kinds of acid. And uh, it was just really nice. Good job, Rubens. All right. So with me, I'm going to put the beer that disagreed with me the most at the end that's going to be the zilker it was just that the sweetness kind of overwhelmed me um the next two i i i'm conflicted on i think the four calling birds is really good at being a christmas beer i think that the sam adams rebel raw is uh very good at being a kind of beer that i'm not necessarily big on uh i'm unsure of of how to Mm-hmm. jostle those together so I'm just going to go with my gut and, and say that uh, Sam Adams third place, Brewery fourth place Okay, uh, just, it just feels like how it's going to go but I do think the Gozes were on a sort of separate plane than these other beers tonight and uh, the Rubens Brews was better than the Prairie Frere it, it was um, it was lighter, it had, had that complexity that I think did really really worked really well so mm-hmm. Ribbon Street is number one, Prairie Flare number two. Excellent. So that was an interesting card, don't you think? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, like two different kinds of ranking to yeah. do, so I don't want to do this kind of contrivancy very much. Bump, 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 bump. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Craft Beer Radio episode 358. If you want to contact us, we'd love to hear from you. Twitter is our preferred way of communication. You can hit us up at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg, and at Craft Beer Radio. We'll see everything that goes to at Craft Beer Radio. And then if you want to hit one of us up individually, you can hit up with the personal uh, handles. If you want to email us, we have email addresses. Beer at Craft Beer Radio is the main address. And then there's a Jeff and there's a Greg at Craft Beer Radio. Uh, we don't really use Facebook or Google Plus, so uh, if you're, those are your preferred forms of communication. Um, you're kind of SOL. Send an email. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, when you go shopping, do Amazon.com slash Craft Beer Radio. Thanks. For, th- no, 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 don't do that. No. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm not drunk yet. <laughs> oh man. Okay. 
All right, let's scrap this whole thing and start over. The whole show. No. It's the eye of the tiger. It's the thrill of the fight, man. It is. All right. Craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon is go. what I my brain had said. My mouth ran away with it. Mm. Thanks, everyone. We will see you again very soon.